Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers, and I'm joined by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers, and we're coming back to you with another podcast. This time, we have so much to discuss, don't we, Braun? It's a weird... It's a weird spot we're in because it's the offseason for us, but it's not the offseason for the NFL. The playoffs are going on, and I have to say, I've had a good couple weekends here watching just some NFL playoff football. The Packers aren't in it for the first time since 2018, and I've been able to just sit back, and I, I feel for these teams. I feel for the Bills fans. I feel for the Cowboys fans, you know, because we've been in their shoes watching our team lose in the playoffs, so I do feel for them, but as just an NFL fan, which I have been because my team has been out of it for uh, three weeks now, it's been a fun couple weeks. How have you been, Bron? Yeah, I've been terrible, but I'm glad you're enjoying <laughs> Still terrible, man. You're never yeah. going to get over this, are you? It's only going to get better when uh, we win, but until then, we have a show to do, I guess. We do have a show to do. We got, Like I said, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers because he's always in the news, isn't he? Always something new about Aaron Rodgers every single day, it feels like. And we also, the uh, the main portion of today's show is going to be going over every single player on offense, every single position group, talking about what we would do with that player, with that position group on offense. We're going to do another show soon focusing on the defense, but today's show is going to be about the offense. And to start, why don't we start with quarterback, and why don't we start with QB1, Jordan Love. So Jordan, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, obviously Aaron Rodgers is, uh, he's a complicated fella. Every single Uh. offseason, he's going to be in the media, talked about nonstop. This is three years in a row now. Good God, I can't take any more of this because it's really four years. Because if you think about the 2019 offseason, that's when we hired the floor. And that's when that the Bleacher Report article comes out about him and McCarthy and he's a terrible leader and he's uncoachable. And we had to sit through all that. I've always said, Bron, Aaron Rodgers is the hardest player to root for in sports. And I love the man. But I sometimes wish I liked a different team and a different quarterback. What? Because <laughs> it is so, it's so exhausting every single offseason defending this guy from everybody. So in 2019, it's him and McCarthy and Rodgers is this uncoachable diva. In 2020, we draft Jordan Love, and everyone's thinking that, oh, this is it for Rodgers. Rodgers is going to be a terrible, he's going to be a terrible leader. He's not going to train Jordan Love whatsoever. He's not going to teach him anything. He's going to force his way out, whatever. And then in 2021, obviously, Rodgers doesn't want to be there anymore. It's a whole thing. And then we make that video, which aged very well. 2022, it's a very similar situation, but this time, it's, it's Rod- is Rodgers going to retire? What's going to happen? He... <laughs> goes until March of last offseason without a decision there. And we are in the same situation here where in this offseason where we're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision on his retirement. Except just within the past two weeks, two and a half weeks, all of a sudden, it, at one point it was, what's Rodgers going to do in 2023? Is he going to retire or is he going to be the quarterback for the Packers? All of a sudden now, it's... Aaron Rodgers is getting traded. He's going to get traded. It's a done deal, pretty much. I mean, what has happened? What? There's been two reports. Rodgers said something, and now everyone's thinking Rodgers is out of town. Bron, we have to be the voices of reason once again here. We do, Griffin. All of that was really well put about really the, the tough strife that we go through having to deal with the off-seasons that we've had that are just, unfortunately, they're never boring in Green Bay. It'd be nice to have a boring off-season once in a while, but it's always filled with oh, drama. How nice would that be? The they, there is no off-season in Green Bay. There's really not, man. There's always something to talk about. And yeah, that's good for us, but not good for our mental health. 
And no. that's why we're here again. But this is the problem. We look at the way that they've already committed to Aaron. They, they, to me, Griff, the, the simplest way to put it is that the Packers have made the decision that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback if he wants to be for basically as long as he wants. And I will tell you why. They had the opportunity to trade him two off seasons ago, and they kept him. And then they not only did it again the next offseason, the 2022 offseason, we extended Aaron Rodgers for a three-year deal worth $150 million. They made the decision then to keep him. And not just for 2022, but for 2023 and however long Aaron Rodgers wants to play. The decision was made then. There really is not much of a decision now. Brian Gutekunst's only decision hinges on Aaron Rodgers returning, which he's not going to retire. He, there's no way he's going out after going 8-9 and nine with the team that was maybe one of the worst that he's had as the quarterback of the Packers. Plus, he has said repeatedly over and over that he wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. What's changed since then? Nothing. The only thing that's changed is that they had the exit meetings with Brian. There will be more conversations. Rodgers wants his guys back in Green Bay. What did he say about getting traded? Never say never. What? That's all he said. And, and, and now knew, everybody who, has taken that. Who knew that. at the time that, that that comment alone would cause what is happening now, which is everyone thinking he's going to get traded? Everybody's saying Adam Schefter had this report about Rodgers possibly being traded. All he said was that it could happen, which was nothing more than what Aaron Rodgers said because he's trying to leverage the team to bring back guys that he wants as well as sign guys that he wants and acquire talent so that they can compete for a Super Bowl next season. That's all Aaron wants. He does not want to leave the Packers. He will not leave the Packers unless something drastic happens with the relationship with him and the team. He's not getting traded. He is not retiring. He's going to come back. I will be absolutely shocked based on every little digging detail that I do and Griff does. We know this like the back of our hand. I've heard everything Aaron has said. No one has reported that Aaron Rodgers could be traded. Rodgers said that. Adam Schefter did not get any sourcing on that. Ian Rappaport didn't say anything new. Peter King didn't say anything new. None of these guys have said anything other than what we already know, which could the Packers treat Aaron Rodgers with the contractual obligations that they have? Theoretically, if a team wanted to pay him $60 million this year and give up multiple first-round picks, then yes, the, the Packers could trade Aaron Rodgers. But the Packers have shown zero interest in doing so. All they've said, Brian Gutekunst says he wants Aaron back. Matt LaFleur really wants Aaron Rodgers back. The Packers have said repeatedly they are not at the point where they want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. What has Aaron Rodgers said? A, throughout this entire season, he said he wants to and is definitely going to retire a Packer. Those are his words. What's changed? He used the word Nothing. definitely about he a year ago. He used the word definitely multiple times. He wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. What's changed, right? He said literally never say never. He said if you say never, those things tend to happen. That's what his words were. So is it likely? Not even to Aaron Rodgers is it likely. The options are retire or come back to Green Bay, and if some kind of dramatic fallout with the team occurs, then maybe if he really had to, he could go play somewhere else, but what? And then learn a new offense, learn a new team, learn a new scheme. None of these things are appealing to Aaron. At the age of 40, when he's already almost thinking about retiring, or at least putting it out there that he's thinking about retiring, now he's going to go what? What team is going to trade for one year of Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. Nobody and give no, up so what the Packers the want. None of this is happening. This Griff. is why he's to gonna be. It's not happening. This is why he's gonna be the quarterback next year. He's. I don't think he's gonna retire. He could. Sure. I don't think he will. 
you don't think he will either, Bron. He's going to be the quarterback for the Packers because while the Packers could trade him and while I think if they got an offer that blew them away, I think there was a chance they would trade him. First of all, I don't think they're getting that offer. I don't think they're getting an no. offer for a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers who has been thinking about retirement for three years now. I don't think they're going to get a Matthew Stafford or a Russell Wilson offer. But they shouldn't take anything less. They should. They should. Green Bay needs two first-round picks minimum, probably a player as well. And they're not going to get yes, that. Because when we team. trade Aaron Rodgers, look, when we trade Aaron Rodgers, if we were to, that would be that would mean a complete rebuild for us. That we would have to, if, in order for us to do that, it would be punting on any Super Bowl chances for the next, for this foreseeable future. Because probably at we, least three to five years. No matter how big of a Jordan Love fan you are, it would demolish our cap. Jordan Love would be the quarterback next year, playing with a team that Aaron Rodgers won eight games with. Pretty much the exact same team, minus guys like Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon, because we wouldn't be able and to And Mercedes Lewis, guys that are glue guys on our football team. Forget even Alan, who we you know we don't really necessarily want Alan back at a at a big price tag. But guys, the veterans, the veterans on this group would be out the door. Guys like Dave, what is Dave? They don't. The Packers would cut David Bakhtiari. People and some people would say do it right, but. The Packers, regardless of what everybody thinks out there, if Aaron Rodgers plays next year and they have all their guys like David, who's going to come back, and and Aaron Jones and all these guys, they're going to be in competition for a Super Bowl. Because Aaron will be back, they're going to make adjustments. They will be in competition for the Super Bowl next season, regardless of what happens if they have Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rodgers goes, the Packers will be out of Super Bowl contention for the next probably three to five years. And that's just the byproduct of losing Aaron. They have with Aaron. They know that they can compete right now, and that's why the Packers, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Matt Lafleur. That's why they continue to decide to keep Aaron, which they've done the past three years, and they're going to do again this off season. And they've already done. They've already decided. They told you. Matt Lafleur told you. Brian Gutekunst told you. And they told you when they extended Aaron Rodgers on that massive extension just last off season. It's up to Aaron now. And what's he said? He wants to retire a Packer, he wants them to make the right moves, and he'll be back. Which they will, because they want him back too. It's not that hard, yet we sit here, and we have to talk about it, and everybody thinks he's getting traded. Take a look, okay? It's not happening, and we need to get that out of our heads. So, my verdict on Aaron Rodgers, keep. Extend. <laughs> you for as long as he wants. No, no. Our, really, our, our theory that we came up with last week, Braun, was that... If we were to read into the minds of Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst and try to, because it was so weird last week when Rodgers went on the McAfee show and he said what he said and he just sounded uncertain about whether the team wanted him back. He sounded uncertain whether he was going to be a Packer next year if he was to return to the NFL. And it was weird because he had just met for a week with Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur and the Packers' entire front office. And it's like, okay, what did they talk about during those meetings that led to Aaron Rodgers still being so unsure? And, Braun, we kind of came up with a theory um, after a lot of deliberation, if you remember this night, last week. We came up with a theory that Rodgers wanted guys like Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari. Rodgers mentioned those guys, and he probably expressed to Brian Gutekunst because we all know <laughs> we went through a whole offseason of him uh, bargaining to have a voice in these discussions. He probably wanted these guys back. Brian Gutekunst probably isn't very enthused about bringing back guys like Tanyan or Lazard or both. And I think Rodgers is probably trying to leverage the situation here, acting like, well, if you don't bring those guys back, it is going to influence my decision. And I think he's just toying with them right now, you know? In, in a, such an Aaron Rodgers way, he's a very complicated fella. 
um, to quote Mark Murphy. But let's jump into this. This is another thing, Bron. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has a future as a GM because why on earth do you want guys like Alan Lazard back so bad? You just won eight games with him as your number one. Do you want him on the? Do you want him on the team to be your number four? Because uh, there's an argument for you, that. But I will tell you that a lot of it has to do with the fact that Lazard knows the hand signals and Lazard knows the system. Lazard knows Rodgers. <laughs> He's signals, good yeah. at getting open off schedule these things that matter to Aaron he doesn't like having to teach these young guys and having to take so much time you know what I mean and, and that's what the issue was with Christian Watson and Romeo this year and, and all these other young guys that's exactly also why I don't think he wants to go to a new team and he won't go to a new team because he's going to have to do all that with all these other new guys and he doesn't want to do it with just even one or two on his team so that's why I think he wants Lazard back and he wants all these other guys but he's wherever you know what I mean like if he goes to a new football team like the Jets he's gonna have to teach it all to the players and and these new receivers and maybe he would be able to get guys like Lazard with him but still there's gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna have to learn things and pick it up quick and Aaron's all of a sudden gonna have to become a teacher once again and he doesn't want to do that at this stage in his career I know that for a fact so this is this is the reality this is this is where we're at everything is pointing in the direction as we continue to say we're one of the few people out there, one of the only shows out there that are telling you what the facts are saying truly and not just speculating on what everybody in the media is saying. We, we are very much dissecting every comment and considering every possibility, still coming to the same conclusion. Last year, the year before, the reports were that Brian Gutekinds was not picking up the phone on any Aaron Rodgers trade offers. I think this year he probably is picking up the phone. If they, If someone offered him you know, what the Seahawks or what the Broncos gave to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. If he got that offer, which he's not going to, but if he got that offer, I think he would consider it. If he got the Matthew Stafford trade offer, I think he would consider it. Last offseason, he wasn't going to consider anything. This offseason, I do think he is willing to consider some of those things. And so that's why I think it is a little bit different this offseason. But I'm still of the opinion Aaron Rodgers is going to be on this team next year. He's going to be the quarterback for at least one more season. Now, let's jump into the main portion of the show, Bron, which is going to be going through every position on offense, every player on offense, talking about what we think their future on this team is. So we just talked extensively about Aaron Rodgers, as we seem to do a lot of on this show. Um, Quarterback number two would be Jordan Love. Now, Jordan Love... So we're both under the assumption, Bron, that Rodgers is going to be QB1. That means Jordan Love is either going to be traded or he's going to be on this team. Now, the the more important discussion, I think, is the Packers this offseason have to make a, a decision on his fifth-year option for 2024. Um, that's going to be an interesting... It's going to be an interesting decision. I, I Well, first of all, I don't think they're going to trade Jordan Love. A lot of people... I You've mentioned it before too, Bron. A lot of people think that they could trade Jordan Love for a player or some picks or, you know... But I don't think that Brian Gutekunst wants to do that because your ROI on that, your return on investment on a first-round pick that you traded up for, I don't think Brian's going to be happy with getting a third-round pick for Jordan Love. Especially right. if he turns get, out to be good. He'd have to get an offer that would make sense and not make him look like an idiot. Which Again, anything, if he got the Russell Wilson yeah. trade offer, maybe he'd consider that. <laughs> I don't know what it would take for. Well, he I, there's there's some part of him that I know for a fact Brian wants to do right by the player, and if if Jordan and mostly it would be an agent thing, considering Rodgers and Jordan share the same agency, um, there would be something there where if you know Rodgers is going to get to the make the decision that he wants, and if he wants to come back, then he'll be back, and then Jordan will be pushed to move somewhere else, and and the agent will, will try to push Brian to move him. And could there be a holdout? I would say possibly. 
But this is all very hypothetical. Well, here's of course. the thing: Jordan has no leverage. If he holds really, out, so what? Well, you're losing well, they money. They don't have a Jordan. backup quarterback, and Brian looks pretty foolish. That's that's part when of you it. sign anyone off the street. Yeah, but that's. I mean, this is an investment they made, and Brian will look stupid in the end, regardless. That's part of it too, and and part of it is you want to do right by the player because Jordan is not going. I think Brian will understand that, and if it comes to it, I, I do think he could make a trade, but. Maybe if there was some kind of understanding related to Jordan that made sense, then maybe Jordan would stick around. I'd like to see Jordan stay. I would, because it, it doesn't make us a better football team if we trade Jordan Love for a third-round pick. And I'm not saying that just because we can't draft in the third round. I just don't think that would make us a better football team, really. I think having Jordan as the backup... In the event that Rodgers is down for one game, two games, I think Jordan could, theoretically, we've never seen him do it, but I think he could theoretically come in and, and play well enough to win. Um, and we'd, we would hope. But again, we haven't seen enough. I've seen a lot of training camp. We've seen some a few throws during games, but I've seen a lot in training camp that tells me that he's not ready. But it's been a while since then, and I don't know. But I, I, I think it's better to have him on the football team than not for a lot of reasons. Because one, I don't think they'd get a trade offer worth something that Brian would like. And the only way he would trade him is to do right by Jordan, to give him a chance to start. That's really the only conversation, I think. So for me, Griffin, I guess you agree, I would say we keep Jordan on the football team. I agree. And I think if I had to guess what the plan is right now for the Packers, for Brian Gutekunst, I think his ideal scenario is for this to be the last season of Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully Rodgers retires on his own. That's all, Griff, but uh, the ideal is win the Super Bowl with Aaron and retire. But... What happens if he plays like an MVP again, which is not un- that's not unlikely. He just did it twice out of three years. What if he goes and wins MVP and they lose in the NFC Championship? Or they lose yeah, in the Yeah, then we're Super in the Bowl? same boat. And this is going to be a much more difficult conversation next, next offseason because then Jordan that's- is going to have leverage because Jordan will be a free agent. That's but what I'm saying. As well, for right the, now, the I, I don't think I don't think Brian wants to move on from Jordan. I think Brian wants Jordan to start for this team at some point. We get the fifth year option. He's gonna pick that up, I'm assuming. And then we get the franchise tag after that. If that's a lot of money, so who knows about the franchise tag? But you, at the very least, you have year four and you have the fifth year option, which I assume is gonna be picked up. Jordan Love has no leverage. If he wants to hold out, hold out. Pay your fines. Lose money. You're still gonna be the backup. You're still gonna be the quarterback for this team next year if Aaron Rodgers retires, you know? Well, and then, Riff, there's some precedence to this because we just saw it with Devontae. He just moved Devontae. He didn't, you know, Devontae could have sat there and held out and it didn't go, it didn't come to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit of a different situation because is Jordan as valuable as Devontae? Of course not, but there is something no, that Brian, Brian has not a getting a first, to do right by the You're player, not getting a Riff. first and a second for Jordan Love either. But Brian has a tendency to do right by the player in a lot of situations in terms of guys that he's going to move off of, there is some level of that, I think. And and there's precedence for that at the lowest of levels. And we just talked to Dominique Daphne. He said he was cut for that similar reason. Crowded room, give him a chance to get an opportunity elsewhere instead of seeing if he could make the team just because they felt like they had their guys, right? So so he wants to, to go out there and try to do right by the player on a lot of occasions. We Like I said, the lowest level of, of guys fringe on the roster and then guys like Devontae. Jordan loves somewhere at the upper echelon of guys that he would do that for, and I think there is precedence to say that a trade could happen. I think in Brian, if we're going to go by just looking at it from what we would do, which is that's the game here, I would say I would like to keep Jordan on the roster. Yeah, me too. And this is going to be an even more 
interesting topic to revisit next offseason. But for right now, uh, we both see the quarterback position the same way. Keep Rodgers, obviously. (laughs) Keep Jordan Love. Let's move to running back. So Aaron Jones, you know, he was making headlines last week because someone wrote an article about why why the Packers need to cut Aaron Jones. They need to trade him. And he was not happy with that article, to say the least. But he is due for a $20 million cap hit this season. I mean, $20 million, that's the fourth highest That's the fourth highest cap hit on this roster. And I do want to mention really quick, don't want to spend too much time on this, but you posted today, Bron, it was a great post. Rodgers has a $31 million cap hit, which is the 10th highest of all quarterbacks in the NFL this season. So for that, that's for the crowd that wants to talk about how Rodgers is making $60 million a year, and that's the reason we can't win Super Bowls. It, the contract is it's not as simple as average dollars per year. It's very it's very complicated. It's backloaded. It's, you know, accounting for the cap rising in the coming years. There's more complications to his contract than meets the eye. But back to Aaron Jones. He is due for a $20 million cap hit this season. But the problem is, he is the best player on our offense. You know, there's an argument for Christian Watson, but I still think that guy is Aaron Jones at the skill position, at the skill player positions. Um, now, I think the answer here would be an, an extension of some kind, uh, a restructure I, I of some kind. Yeah, I think there's, there's, I mean, they have to move that money. I, I don't think they can go into this season with Aaron Jones at $20 million. Something's going to happen with his money, but I don't think it's a cut. I certainly don't think it's a cut or a trade. The only way I'd see that is if maybe they moved on from Rodgers. But I, that's all, again, those are hypotheticals that we don't even need to get into because we're assuming Aaron returns here. So with that, um, Jones will be back. Regardless, that's not even a concern of mine. They can easily restructure that contract if they want to, but they could even extend him and add years to the deal. Which would, and instead of having void years, maybe actually give him a couple more real years on his deal and make him a little more. Uh, some first of all, spread the money out and also give him opportunities to continue to play in Green Bay because the way this contract is lining up restructuring him is going to make it harder and harder for him to be on the roster past just this year. So I think adding true money to his deal and true years would be something that would benefit this team because it doesn't look like he's slowing down. He just had the most yards of his career on the ground. For that reason, I would say you go out and extend him, not only keep him, but extend him like you just mentioned, Griff. Yeah, we love Aaron Jones on this show. Um, He's very good. And there are not many running backs in the NFL I said this a couple weeks ago, but there's not many running backs in the NFL who you can justify paying a second, third contract to. Aaron Jones, I think, is one of those guys. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is one of those guys, you know, because he brings more to the table than a guy like A.J. Dillon, who I'm going to talk about next year. A.J. Dillon, I mean, he's still on the rookie contract. He's entering he's entering year four here, which is crazy. They get old so quick on us, don't it's they? It's extension Drafting coming 2020. here. Potentially extension talks time if they're going to try to. That, that's the conversation that will be had this season. Once he's heading he was a second-round pick, so uh, fifth-year fifth option not on the table for A.J. Dillon. I, I do just want to say he finishes the year with 4.2 yards per attempt. Uh, Aaron Jones finishes the year with 5.3 yards per attempt You know, on, on a similar number of carries. And I know the run blocking's not great, but I think that's just that goes to show that A.J. Dillon is the type of player who is going to get you what is blocked up for him, you know. And that pick in the second round, I would argue, is worse than the Jordan Love pick. And I think it's coming back to coming back to bite the Packers. It came back to bite us this season, and I think it will continue to do so. Especially when you factor in that he's literally stealing carries from Aaron Jones constantly. Stealing snaps, even. A lot of times he's on the field, and Jones is on the sideline. I mean, 
I, I love A.J. Dillon. <laughs> it's so funny that we do this every time. I love A.J. Dillon. You know, I, I root for him. I want him to be good. But it does it, he, it bugs me a little bit, that, that second-round pick and the player he's turned out to be. But he's still under his uh, rookie contract, so there's really no decision to be made on him right now. Well, the only decision would be if you think about maybe extending him or you just let him maybe try to hit free agency. And that's that's next year, of course. Right now, he's here. He's going to be the running back next to Aaron Jones next year, so not <laughs> talk much about of a conversation Goody, to be had. You talk about Goody caring about the people, right? AJ Dillon is totally the type of guy that he would extend, and just that would drive me crazy. Imagine, imagine that we extend AJ Dillon, we give him top running back money, we pay him like we paid Dean Lowry, just one of those good guys you want to pay. So, <laughs> just one of those guys you want in the locker room. AJ Dillon, nah, yeah. he's a good guy. No, um, we, moving I mean, on of here. Course, we we like AJ we do this literally every time, Bron. We do this every yeah. single time. <laughs> of so, course, we love AJ Dillon. Great yeah. guy. We um, have to Patrick say Taylor. that, right? But Patrick, any thoughts on Patrick Taylor? <laughs> Patrick Taylor, uh, good RB three. If we, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's going to be here if if they want him. If he makes the roster, he'll be here. He'll compete in camp with whoever they bring in. So, who do you think finished with a higher three? yards per attempt in twenty twenty two? Patrick Taylor or AJ Dillon? What on Patrick's three attempts? I don't know. Well, Patrick had 10 attempts. There's no way A.J. Dillon had a worse running per No, attempt. no. Patrick averaged 3.1 yeah. per carry. So, good job, A.J. Um, all right, moving on. <laughs> Where do you want to go to next here? Tight end. Tight end is one of the positions that the Packers need help desperately at. Michael Mayer is a guy that a lot of people are talking about for the Packers at 15 in this year's draft. Um, and that that's because the tight end, they have one tight end under contract for the upcoming season, and that would be Josiah DeGuara. Same draft as Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon, directly following those two. In the third round, they pick up Josiah DeGuara, and, um, well, he's been a little disappointing, hasn't he? I mean, he just Haven't they hasn't all? been able to stay on the field. He's mostly a fullback. Weird yeah. pick. Another really, just a, a draft that is really uh, terrorizing this team in hindsight. Yeah. Well, but Robert Tunyon, Josiah, free agent. Well, we'll start with Josiah. I mean, not much of a decision. He's going to be on the team, so. Yeah. Man, we thought he would be like check. That's what we thought he would be, man. He has not been check. I mean, they don't use him. That's the that's kind of the annoying thing. Well, it's like he drafts is, this guy. They gonna... You got to think Matt loves him, and then you just have no plans for him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Not very, uh, Not I don't know what to say, really, because there's just not much to talk about with him. He hasn't done anything. No. And they haven't put him in yes, position like... to do anything. <laughs> So. He's not done a lot in his career. But Robert Tunyon, he's a guy, 2020, he has the 10-touchdown season, tears his ACL in 2021. This past season, yeah. We talked a lot about tight ends yesterday, Bron, when we were on FaceTime watching football. Tight end is just a position that I have a hard time, like Michael Mayer, I have a hard time buying into the Packers drafting him at 15 overall in the draft because I don't think tight end is a position that impacts your offense. I don't think it's a position that impacts your football team's success very much, especially in 2023. You know, you have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller sometimes, Mark Andrews. That's kind of it. Everyone else after that is at the same level. They get open due to the scheme most of the time. It's like they're the third read. Let me throw to them. Please catch it, and then they do catch it, and you end up with a 10-touchdown season like Robert Tunyon did. But unless you have a guy who runs routes like Kelsey or attacks the ball like Andrews or Waller or Kittle, and, and tight ends, are, it's just a tight end to me. It's a lot like running back. So Robert Tunyon, it's going to depend on what he gets on the open market, but I'm not breaking the bank for him. I would pay him closer to the minimum. 
I, I would give him three million dollars per year, and anything more, I'd I'd let him walk. And that's that's a, that's a low figure, but he didn't do anything this season to warrant any any kind of upgrade payment. I just don't think did he he had more targets or what. I think he led the team in targets. But I mean that's you know that's and that's nice, but he never made any splash plays for us really, and he wasn't he looked like he just came off an ACL injury, and I'm not sure he can get back to what he was, which was serviceable enough to make touchdown catches in the red zone and things like that. But he's not as good of a route runner because of the injury and other things. Maybe this off season will help with that, but he hasn't warranted any kind of pay that would be an upgrade for him. So to me. I would pay him something closer to the minimum, and if not, they have to kind of get younger or let him walk or or get like a veteran or a talented guy like Darren Waller, who they've been targeting at the trade deadline and over the summer. That's They would have to finally bring a guy like that in. Otherwise, it's just not worth making a significant move at the position, especially with Tunyon. Mercedes Lewis, also a free agent, such a strange player to analyze and talk about because he's a guy, he's, he, he's on the field for 450 snaps this season. But he somehow manages just seven targets all season long. He caught six of them, but just seven targets all season long. He's on the field for 450 snaps. He's basically a sixth offensive lineman at this point. And I think he's only on the team at this point, one, to appease Aaron Rodgers, and two, he's a great leader. And we all love Mercedes. And when he does catch the ball, it's, it's some of the most hype moments of the season is when Mercedes making plays, you know? But and he's um, good. He does a great job at what he does. It's just the no. Value. He's a great blocker. He's still right. he's what? You how value. old is this guy? He's still he's a great old. blocker. He's very old. He's thirty eight. He's gonna be thirty nine soon. And that's why Aaron loves him, I think, too, because he's so good at his job and what he does, and he brings a lot. He's he is the leader. I mean, Rogers always talks about it's either him or Mercedes at the end of the game, or you know, in the locker room talking to the teammates. It's it's really him or Mercedes. So I think the odds of him coming back are almost extremely likely. I think that's almost regardless if Aaron's here or not. Um, but Aaron will be back. We talked about this. And I think Mercedes will come with him. So I'm pretty positive that he will be back. He was on the books for like $2.9 million last year, I think. Um, I just It's just an easy re-sign for me. I, I would probably sign him for less than that, especially if you're thinking about bringing back Tunyon. Um, but it's just so it's so easy to bring back Mercedes. What, does he want to go anywhere else? Does he want to spend his last season or his last two seasons in a different setting? It's just like Aaron, you know. I think he wants to be back, and I think they can get something done. But I could also see Brian Gutekunst wanting to start fresh at that position entirely. So we'll see what they do there. But uh, moving on to the final guy at the tight end position, that would be Tyler Davis. Now, last, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we had Dominique Daphne on, former tight end for the Packers. I was not going to say this to Dom, but the Packers' decision to go with Tyler Davis over Dominique Daphne, I think it hurt their Super Bowl chances this year. <laughs> I think I really think it did. Because Tyler Davis, I do not think is very good. I don't think he's a good blocker. He did not make... Did he have a catch this season? Let me look this up quick. He did, but he has enough drops to make us feel a certain way. And he had those it drops was insane in because he had such a terrible preseason. You remember this? He had, yes. he had a terrible preseason. Well, Griff, he's just not very good, and he's a free agent. And <laughs> he's we're gonna let Tyler him Davis. I mean, what do you want? He had five we're, targets, four catches this season, 26 yards. He's a guy that they'd bring back, and it's unfortunate, but they're probably going to bring him back on some kind of deal, <laughs> even though he just doesn't benefit our football team. So I'm, I'm hoping, for the sake of trying to get better at that position, instead of having Tyler Davis take up a spot, I would hope that they'd move on from him so they can bring in a rookie of some kind, like, and not a fullback rookie, not Josiah. A real tight end, maybe. You want him to draft another H-back? Yeah, let's get another F position. <laughs> F is 
I'm a little tired here, Griff, of, of this of this whole organization. So if you haven't noticed, but I'm, God, I can you remember this 2020 draft? We don't talk about this enough, man. The 2020 draft. We're on Facetime. We're always on Facetime for the draft. I, and, and let me preface this. Little... I must preface this. I label this as the worst day of my life. It was yeah. It was a tough night, dude. It's a true story. A tough tough three day stretch. Tough three day stretch because we're doing tough this three year stretch. It's been a tough three-year stretch, but keep going. It's been a tough lifetime as a Packers fan. But I remember doing the preview <laughs> the preview podcasts for the 2020 draft, and I remember saying, I vividly remember saying this, you know, the Packers need a receiver so badly, we, it's a guarantee they're going to come out of the first round with a receiver. Or it's a guarantee they're going to come out of the draft with a receiver. They did not draft a single wide receiver the entire draft. Literally, like, the best year for wide receivers in years, since like 2011 maybe, since 2014 probably, and they didn't draft one. And in the first round, we're thinking it's going to be a, a playmaker of some kind. And they trade up, we're getting all excited about that, ooh, who do they really like? And you're always a little bit ahead of me on the draft, so we go on mute, and then uh, the Packers select Jordan Love, it's Roger Goodell in the basement, we come off mute, and it was it was like when we traded Devontae, we were just both in shock, didn't see it coming, there had been whispers, but we blew them off. Just complete shock. And then the following night, we're already bitter enough. You know, everyone's clowning on Goody. Why are you not helping your quarterback? Why are you drafting his replacement? Uh, and then the se- day two of the draft, it's Friday night. I call out of work because I'm so traumatized by this. I remember I call out of work for this. And we are on the phone once again, and the Packers are on the clock. And I remember saying, once again, I remember saying, what is like? What would be the the worst p- position they could pick right here? Probably tight end. No, running back. It would totally be running back. And they draft a bulldozer from Boston College named AJ Dillon who can't catch the ball. I was like, Are you kidding me, man? Are you serious right now? And then in round three, they draft a tight end. I was like, this is the worst. And it was draft a fullback, really. It was a fullback they a drafted. Fullback. I, that draft could not get any worse, man. And what what has what have any of those guys brought to the table? Not much. I think AJ is far and away the best guy there. But um, even AJ, everyone knows my thoughts on AJ Dillon. Again, I love the I love the guy. I love the person. <laughs> He's the mayor of Door County. We love him. <laughs> he is. But uh, not oh, good enough, unfortunately. So, uh, Anyway, let's move on to the wide receiver position, which there's always so much to talk about in this Green Bay organization where every year we are mocked a wide receiver in the first round by just about every draft expert. But Green Bay continues to be the only person, when you talk about Brian Gutekunst or whoever, they're the only people in the entire planet who don't seem to know that they have a giant gaping hole at wide receiver for the past decade. <laughs> Bro, they don't, they don't even realize, man. They just have no idea. They're the only team what, that who does Goody think Alan Lazard is? Who who does he think Alan is that he has just been so comfortable with him as his number two or number one this year for so long? He has no one. I don't think Alan's mom believes in him that much, man. Yeah, uh, certainly not. And. <laughs> <laughs> No, the reality, though, is the reality is he's just so not good enough, and we need to somehow figure this out, but he certainly can't be back. I just We can't have Allen back at a $10 million price tag, which is what he's going to get. Everybody watch out, and don't be surprised. He's going to get at least $10 million. And look, MVS got what, $11 million per year? MVS Allen's, got eleven, right? Allen's going to get his money, and good for him, whatever, but like, not here. 
please, because it's just it's too much money. And they if they do it, I will be shocked because they never put that kind of money into a oh, player at the imagine, position. Imagine, oh my God, imagine they pay Allen's hard. That would be too much. They've got eleven. I, I, sometimes million I do root for chaos, and that would be absolute chaos right there. Yeah, Griff, they've got eleven million dollars right now locked into the wide receiver and tight end positions combined in 2023. They're the, they have the least money spent at those positions in the NFL. They continue to just not spend on these positions that, that we're talking about. That shocks nobody. It shocks nobody. That shocks nobody. So Alan Lazard, everyone knows our thoughts on Alan Lazard. We don't love him as our wide receiver one. Uh, now, <laughs> Aaron wants him back real bad, right? If he wants to come back on a one-year deal for three, four million dollars, he was on the books for three point nine million dollars in twenty twenty-two. To be our three or four or two at the very and be worst, a then, role yeah. player like he once was when we all loved Allen. Remember how excited we were when Allen was making plays in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. If he wants to come back and be that for us, I'm fine with that. I really Please am. Do. You know, sure, sure. He knows the playbook. He knows Rogers' hand signals. He knows everything inside and out. Sure. Come do that. Don't be your number one. I don't want you as a starter. Sorry. Um, but the reality is he's going to command a lot of money on the market. Just like you remember the Jaguars last year. They paid Christian Kirk, what, $17, $18 million. There is going to be a bad team like there is every offseason. There's going to be a bad team who has to pray, who has to pay a premium for below average players. They have to pay guys like Alan Lazard elite dollars because they are so bad and why would Allen want to go play for the Houston Texans unless they're going to give him 10 12 million dollars per year you know that's just like that's like why the Jaguars paid Christian Kirk so much money it's like a you're a bad team you have to pay more and there are going to be there's going to be a bad team like the Texans or like the Bears or like the Colts with a lot of money to spend not a lot of talent who's going to be willing to bring in Alan Lazard that's going to happen and in that case, Sayonara. I'm glad you made your money, Alan. Alan, I'm sure he has the confidence that he thinks he can be a number one in this league. What did he say? He thinks he's the best receiver in the NFL this offseason. Yeah. He, he has the confidence of a number one. So if he wants to go chase that, I have no problem with that. Obviously, make your money. He's got the confidence of a number one and the play of a number three. So that's the difference that we have here. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, again, I love the person. <laughs> we love him. Um, <laughs> If if he uh yeah no I thank you for everything you've done Alan but it's time to move on now that does question you know that does bring up the question what are we gonna do at that position without guys like Allen without another guy Randall Cobb also free agent this is a guy like Mercedes for me where if Aaron's back there's no question that Cobby's gonna come back for cheap right yeah Griff I think we're in agreement that once Aaron does come back Cobby should be back on a one year deal minimum. And, and that's you want him on this football team because he can still make those third-down catches, those fourth-down catches. He's reliable, plus he's a veteran that is going to teach and continue to help these young guys grow. Christian, Romeo, if we bring in other rookies, which I'm sure we will, just kidding, but we, uh, we need him. <laughs> I think we need him. People talk about him like he's washed, get him out of here, but like forget the value of the human being, and I still think he can play some pretty dang good ball too. So I'd like to keep him on this football team. No, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I think if he can be a number four for us, you know, even as a number three, I don't love Cobby, but he's going to be 33. But he's still, just like Allen, he knows the hand signals. He knows the playbook. He's on the same page as Aaron. Aaron wants him on the field. Aaron likes playing with him, obviously. Um, And I think there is value to that. Um, So yeah, Randall Cobb, love him. He's going to be 33, which kind of complicates things, but he took a massive, massive pay cut last offseason. 
And I have That's no doubt that player. he's willing. That's why I, I want yeah. him in this locker room. Yeah. I have no doubt he's going to be willing to come back for cheap, assuming that he doesn't want to retire, which he may he, want to retire. You know? I don't but think I don't, he does. I don't see him going to a different team. Yeah, I don't think he does. And we might as well talk about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and even Samari Torre. Those guys obviously going into their second years. There's nothing to talk about really because they're going to be focal points of our offense, which is good. The Packers have a foundation at that position for the first time in a long time. It is not the strongest foundation because they didn't really draft a guy in the first round. Christian is a first-round caliber player and was to me at the time of the draft, so it was great that they got him. But they ended up relying on a fourth-round pick in Romeo and utilizing a seventh-round pick in Samari Torre. They now need those guys to step up and, and fulfill some bigger roles even than they had last year, which they had big roles last year. All three of those guys played a part throughout the season. So Christian needs to be consistent. Romeo needs to stay on the field, of course, but also continue to evolve and be a reliable guy who can... He, and he has to fix the rookie mistakes, and so does Christian, but... And those two guys are going to be focal points. They they need more in the room, but Samari is going to have to develop a little bit and maybe be one of those five, six, maybe even the fourth with the upside uh, guy in the room. So they have three guys that they like at the position, but there's certainly got to be more added. No, I agree. Samari... I, I like Torre a lot. I think he showed some good things in the like the middle of the season before he just stopped getting snaps uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, I, we do have a foundation for the first time in literally forever because even when we had Adams, Lazard, MVS, did it ever feel like that was a foundation for the future? No, it just felt like no. it was Adams and a couple role players. But now it does feel like Watson's going to be superstar, and we obviously both of us believe in Romeo Dobbs' potential. So it does feel like we do have the foundation, but I, I would like... A few more pieces, just like every offseason, I would like a few more weapons thrown in there for Aaron Rodgers because as of right now, on the books for 2023, we're looking at Watson, Dobbs, Torre, and Bo Melton. And unless Rodgers is really high on Bo Melton, that is three second-year players, two of them are question marks, you know? So, yeah, I think I think more needs to be done at that position, to say the least. And to quickly hit on a player you mentioned, Griff, Bo Melton, Rutgers wide receiver uh, was with the Seattle Seahawks. We poached him from Seattle and was one of those late season additions from the practice squad like we did with Alan Lazard when we poached him from the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad. And that's a player they like. They're going to try to develop him over this offseason. He'll compete with the 90-man roster, and that's a player they like. That's one of those guys that they probably, they've talked about when you get into these losing season situations, they kind of just scout these practice squads and, and try to go after uh, some of the better players out there, and that was a receiver they felt like they liked, and he will be in the plans to get in the conversation for the receiver room next year and potentially be on this team. So that is a player who's got some speed that they like at the position. People forget that that is how Alan Lazard's career got started in Green Bay. In 2018, this was still under the Mike McCarthy staff. He had been fired at the time, but still his staff, Joe Philbin as the interim. We sign Alan Lazard. No one knew who this guy was. We knew he was big, and we know he was on the practice squad in Jacksonville. We sign him to our active roster, and we go through the whole coaching change. We bring in the LaFleur administration, if you want to call it that. He gets cut in August, somehow finds his way back on the team, and week six he's catching touchdowns. And he's been on the team ever since, which, as much as we dog on Lazard, that is crazy. And it's crazy how things can happen like that in the NFL. And I know Bo Melton is a guy that you're going to be rooting for, Braun. Let's switch to the offensive line to close out the show. So starting at left tackle, 
David Bakhtiari, now, a lot of people have question marks about David Bakhtiari. Even Brian Gutekun seemed to be unsure. Um, he didn't have 100% confidence that David would be the left tackle going into 2023. He was asked about it, and he said, what did he say? He said, I sure hope so. I sure hope he's going to be our left tackle. That kind right. of sounds like he's asking David to take a pay cut. I could read these guys. I could read Brian very easily. To me, that's that's Brian hoping that David will sacrifice some money. And I don't know if I would be willing to do that if I were David. It's a possibility because of the injury and everything that went down and the lack of playing that he's done. That's probably an argument Brian would make in that kind of conversation. We've been paying you and you haven't played, and that's not your fault, but it's certainly an, it's a, it's a result and it's a true fact. So that's something that they'll talk about. Maybe right, but David from will, Bakhtiari's perspective, why would you ever take a pay cut he has when you're no, in the prime of your career? You have no, no reason real, to do that. There's no real reason for him to do it, but maybe Brian can get him and the agent to do it. I don't see that. <laughs> maybe he can a restructure is more likely, though, I think, and, and they can do that and keep him around. But again, with the restructure, it's going to make it even less likely that he's here in 2024, and, and that's a conversation. I feel like David can play still at a high level. He showed that. My concern is that if they do something like a, a deep restructure with his deal without extending and adding years, I think they should consider doing that because we saw he could play at the end of the season, and I think he still can. And to lose a left tackle like him after this year would be pretty brutal due to cap constraints. So to me, I would add true years and true money onto his deal and hopefully kind of take some of the caps, that big cap hit off without just restructuring and basically ending his his tenure with Green Bay after this season because he'd, he'd have a $40 million cap hit. Obviously, the Packers got so unlucky with what happened with him right after they extended him in 2020. And, you know, he went almost two years without seeing the field and everything. But at the end of the season, he was the player that they extended in 2020. He was the player that they made the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. He's still that good. And so I think an extension is on the table. I think that's the smart thing to do because I don't know if, I don't think people realize when we talk about these restructures and these extensions, a restructure would basically be, it would be taking David Bakhtiari's future salary, giving it to him right now up front, because when you give a player in the NFL a signing bonus, you are able to manipulate the cap in a way where you can spread that signing bonus out throughout the length of the contract. So it's making it tougher on yourself for future years because you're increasing the cap hit for this player on the books in the future but it's lowering his cap number right now because you're converting what he's going to make as his base salary this season. You're converting that into a signing bonus, which is going to be spread out throughout the length of the contract. I think the better thing to do would be to extend him, like you just mentioned, Bron, because he still is one of, if not the best, pass-protecting left tackle in the NFL. I agree, Griff. Let's move on to that left side right next to David, Elton Jenkins, who just got an extension. Not much to talk about because he will certainly be on the roster, and he should be, because when he's playing at his best, he is elite. And I think Thank God they got that extension done, man. Thank God they got that done, because imagine if he was on the long list of free agents right now. What a headache. Yeah, and they, they did a good job at getting his cap number low for this coming season. He'll be here. He's going to be a year removed from that ACL, and I think he's going to look at his best once again. Yeah, somehow they're always able to do this. Elton is only on the books in 2023 for $6.9 million. That's for one of the best guards in the league. Bravo, Russ Ball. They always seem to be good at the the backloading of these contracts, right? Um, But moving on to Josh Myers, such a complicated fella. 
I keep saying that, but Josh Myers is really just he's, yeah. How many here's times have you used the complicated fellow line, Griff? It's my it's third gotten, time tonight. It's gotten it's old, in time. my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked it when Mark it said it. Yet here you are whipping I'm, it out three times. I'm going to keep saying it now. So Josh Myers, here's my opinion on Josh Myers, starting center. A lot of people think he's good. I don't think he's very good. I think he is an okay pass protector. He falls down a lot in pass protection. He's often on his, the ground. Where he he where he really struggles is in the run game. And good God, I've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to really harp on it here, but he is maybe the worst run-blocking center that I've watched in a Packers uniform. Think about Lucas Patrick. He was pretty rough in the run game too. But Josh is bad, man. He gets thrown down a lot in the run game. He gets out in space and he just he cannot – he cannot get physical with linebackers on the second level. He cannot reach towards these defensive linemen. They, he just gets overpowered constantly. He's constantly off balance. He's not good in the run game, and it's a problem, especially when this team has no receivers this year and they want to rely on their two running backs and they can't run the ball between the tackles because your center stinks. It's <laughs> tough, man. He's a second-round pick. He's obviously still young. He's under contract. He's going to be probably the starter again at center this season. But, man... It's tough. It's a it's a tough thing because he's a second round pick, rookie contract. You're not going to trade him. You're not going to extend him. You're not going to cut him. So I don't know what you do with him, but I don't love him. I really don't. Yeah, Griffith certainly is a problem, and and that's another one of the things I want to point to that kind of sums up everything you said in a short little in in a short little point is that when Aaron Rodgers talks about the offensive line, he speaks glowingly about all those guys, even Yash, and he'll even say that John has been so you know he always calls him a steady hand and things like that, but he never really says much about Josh. He never goes out there and effusively praises Josh like he does with even guys like no. we talked about. Runyon, who's not very talented and, and isn't very special, he's been steady. That's about it, right? And, and even Josh, who hasn't been great, he'll go out and, and praise these other guys, including Zach Tom, but Josh does not get much from Aaron, and that's telling to me because Aaron is not hes not shy with praising some of these guys. So to me, I think that's certainly telling. No, it is. It's a lot like how many of these defensive players go to bat for Joe Barry, you know? If Aaron, if Josh was a great player, which this is the thing, a lot of people think he's good. A lot of people on in my Instagram comment sections think that Josh Myers is one of the better starting centers in the league. I disagree with that, and I think Aaron does too. I think he is the weakest spot on this offensive line at the end of the season. Because at right guard, you've got John Runyon, who it's a similar story now. Runyon, he's going into the last year on his contract. He's going to be a free agent next offseason. Sixth-round pick. Obviously a little bit less talented than Josh, but I do think he is a little bit better of a run blocker. You know, you see him... I don't know. It's Now I'm thinking of a lot of whiffs from John over the years, or over this past year, but... I think he is most of the time in in a better position than Josh is, and I think he's in he's an okay pass protector as well. So he if if you have to start him this season once again, which I don't think I don't think you have to, but if you if he is starting, I'm not really gonna complain. Yeah, Griff, I'm actually not a big fan of John. I, I although he's been good enough to stay healthy and stay in there for the you know for the majority of his career so far, he's played when he had to. But I just don't think he's that good. I, I think he's closer to probably Josh at the center position in terms of talent. I, I just don't think it's good enough. I always think back to the guards that we've had in in our elite years of football with Aaron. When you look at TJ Lang and Josh Sitton and other guys even that we've had on this football team over the years, and it, it just 
it's disappointing to see where we're at now, where it's pretty much serviceable or worse in those guard spots. Elton is great, but he's floated around and played tackle for us. I'm talking about having guys at the guard spot that you know you can rely on and that are going to play at that position. I don't think we have one unless Elton stays at that spot. I mean, I just don't look at this team and feel very strong about who's playing guard for us. If Elton's going to stay there, then great. But then we have an, a right tackle issue. And, and things of that nature just are part of the problem in, on this offensive line, which is why I don't feel great about John. I don't feel great about Josh. And we can now move on to even Yash. And Zach Tom is exciting as a young prospect, and he'll be here. Yash has a, a, a situation where he has to be second-round tendered for upwards of $4 million, and that's a cap hit. That's a cap hit that they're going to have to take, but they almost have to do it because he's played like a decent right tackle. But at the same time, he may not even start. It's such a bizarre—this group is not good enough. It's the reality. David's great. Elton's great when they're playing well and healthy. They have a lot of jack-of-all-trades. They do. They're all masters of none. No, all those guys, and they have a lot of young guys like that that they've it's drafted. Like David and Elton, I think. David and Elton, when they're but Griff and neither of that, neither of those guys were on the field the entirety of last season, and hopefully that's going to be changing moving forward, which would be encouraging. Both of those guys are coming off of very recent ACL tears as well. When you break it down like this, Griff, you start to wonder how Aaron even played behind this group because if David, it was either David or Elton for the majority of the season, right? It was either one or the other. Never God, both. Remember really. the days of Elton that tackle. Just yeah. begging for him to be put back a guard. We always talk about these these missteps that the coaching staff has taken this season, and you know, like Amari Rogers at punt returner, things that they were too late to address. Elton being the starting right tackle for weeks when we were begging for him to go back to guard—that's one of them. And that's what these guys in and out of the lineup, Griff, and and just I, I don't feel good about this position group. They need almost like a veteran talent. I, I think they almost need a big time player. Whether they no, look- I ranked. I rank tackle as the fifth biggest need on this team because and it's so weird because they have so many guys here. You've got Yash, who's probably going to come back. You've got Zach Tom, who's promising. You've got Bach, obviously. Elton can play tackle in a pinch. Rasheed Walker, they just drafted. Sean Ryan, they just drafted in the third round, who played tackle in college. Caleb Jones, they have, who looked good this past uh, training camp. But yeah, like, physically which one great. of these guys do you really feel confident about? as your starting right tackle. I don't feel confident about any of them because Yash is good, but I see people talking about how any team would be lucky to have Yash Nyman on their roster and they should be calling Green Bay. Dude, people think Yash is like a starting tackle in this league. People think that we, and I'm not going to take him for granted. We are very lucky to have a player like Yash Nyman as a depth piece, as a backup, as a backup right tackle. I love that. But people think he's a starter in this league. People think that teams should be calling. People have said that the Cowboys should have been calling us this season. Any team that uh, had a tackle go down should have been on the phone with Green Bay. But I don't think Yash is a starting tackle in this league. I don't feel good about Yash as our starting right. Yeah, Griff, those teams have tackles. Like He's our starter, though. Like that, When you look at Yash, you think that's a good depth piece, not that's your future starting right tackle for years to come. And we don't have that. So it's almost like you can take it for granted because we don't have anything better than him and we need more. It's just not good enough. We don't have a starting five that I feel good about on this football team. That's the sad truth, in my opinion. Now, it is kind of fun. You could get fun with this group because I think Tom is one of your one of your best starting five. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. Who do you think's better, Yash or Josh Myers? Now, that's a conversation. That is who's, a conversation. Who's playing center, Elton? Because then you could get fun where you could... Zach Tom, obviously, he played every position on the line this season except center. 
could see what he's like at center. Or you could move out in the center and put Zach Tom at left guard and have Yash as your starting right. And bench your second round pick? Well, here's the thing. I don't think he's good. <laughs> is he is he one of your best starting five? Because I don't think so. So I don't know. They, it could get weird. But I do think they're going to address the tackle position in the draft. And maybe they could do it in free agency. I'm, I'm excited to dig into the free agents. Almost as excited as I am to dig into the upcoming rookie class. Um, because I think it's, I think that this team is going to be able to create enough money to add a few guys for, you know, no one crazy, not trading for DeAndre Hopkins, but I think they're going to be able to add a few guys that are going to be able to come in in 2023 and help solidify positions like tackle. And I think they do need help there because like I said, I don't really feel good about any of those guys. And then that points to me, Griff, at the first round pick, which I don't think the Packers will or even will look to justify taking another defensive player in the first round. I do think tackle is a serious option. Even guard, whoever they want, the best offensive lineman available, I think that's an option, and they might even exercise that. A couple other offensive linemen we did not mention, Jake Hansen. Going into oh, his final him, year, sixth him, round pick. Cut him, yeah, cut him. I mean, <laughs> cut him just for fun. Like I don't know that. <laughs> he he's, sucks. Uh, How about that? I want good football no, he's players. Not. He's sixth round pick. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and complain about Jake Hansen. I will complain about Matt Lafleur's decision when he's starting. Start Griff, Zach, Tom. when he's playing for us, I want him out. I'm done. I don't need bad yeah. football. And then players. we've got Royce Newman going into oh, his third year, fourth round pick. Royce Newman. He's a guy that I had hope for coming into this year. Griff, but, you've um, got me getting mad at the end really... of the show here. You've got me getting mad. <laughs> I just the mention of Royce Newman. You just Newman, named you guys that angry. played significant snaps for us. I don't want – get them oh, yeah. out. We need better players, Griff. Not to be blunt here, but God, get these guys off yeah, our no, team. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sean Ryan, obviously, third round didn't pick. Play. This is third so round bizarre, pick didn't it? play. Third round pick didn't play a snap. Thanks. Didn't play. <laughs> this is so bizarre. The Packers are cursed in the third round. You go back and you got Sean Ryan, and you've got Amari Rogers, and you Josiah DeGuara, and Jace Sternberger, and Oren Burks, and God, Montrevious Adams, I think. In oh my gosh. <laughs> Good God. It just never stops with the third round. Um,. No, but that's going to do. We covered all the offensive players. I think we literally mentioned everyone except Luke Tenuta. Now that's a guy. Caleb Jones, I mentioned. Uh, yeah, we literally mentioned everyone currently rostered by the Green Bay Packers. So it's going to be a fun offseason. We're going to do this again for the defense, but we're going to get out of here. So thank you so much for listening to today's show. It was a fun one. Um, no, I think we talked a lot of good stuff about Aaron Rodgers. I think we covered. I think we, once again, Braun, I think we brought a, a different take to the table here from what other people are giving regarding the Rodgers discourse. And uh, this was a fun conversation we had about their plans at all the various offensive positions. Uh, I think the weakest positions on offense would be tight end, wide receiver, and uh, O-line specifically tackle for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, that's going to do it. So we're going to be back sooner rather than later to do this again for the defense. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit of special teams if anyone wants to hear that. If you want a special teams show all on its own, comment down below. Tell us how much you want us to talk about Pat O'Donnell and Mason Crosby because uh, we'll do a we'll do a exclusive special team show if you guys want that so badly. But we're going to be back. Thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Forever and always, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.